0: You're listening to episode 38 of the Thriving Mom Podcast. Today, we're talking all about how you can simplify meal times, navigate guilt and shame so that you can feed your child confidently. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non diet nutrition counselor. On a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. It's Uyme here, and I'm so glad you could join me today. Today's episode is going to be packed, so we're just going to get straight to the point. But before we do so, I have an exciting opportunity that I'd love to share with you because it ties in so well with today's podcast episode. I'll be running a three-week book camp in August for moms who struggle with mealtime anxiety when it comes to feeding their kids. Mealtime anxiety is a type of anxiety that most moms experience before, during, and after meals. You know what I'm talking about. The cause? Usually it's trying to get their kids to eat a healthy and nutritious meal. I see you in my DMs and I talk with you about this. So I've taken what I've used to help my clients get great results when it comes to feeding their kids. And I've really drilled down to help you get the same results. Spending less than an hour a week over three weeks. This book camp will help you go from feeling overwhelmed and stressed out about mealtimes to empowered and capable of raising healthy, confident eaters. The best part? No willpower, no yelling, no punishment. Now all you need is less than one hour a week to complete the audio and video lessons which will be delivered straight to your inbox. I'll show you how your thoughts lead to the stressful experience you have and anxiety around mealtimes. Then we'll get to work on creating a strategy that will help you stop freaking out about candy, stop you from Google searching kid-friendly meals, and frankly have more days when mealtimes with your kids is actually something you look forward to. Does this sound like fun? You don't need an extra time in the kitchen. You don't need any fancy gadgets or fancy lists. I created this book camp with busy moms in mind and it's truly what I wish I had When I was raising two of my three kids, working through healing my own relationship with food and my body was a mess because I was trying to do that while helping my kids to become healthy, competent eaters. It was not fun. And that's why I'm hoping to help you so that your own journey would be much smoother than mine. We're going to be diving into mindset strategy and so much more to help you end mealtime anxiety while helping your child develop a healthy relationship with food. So find all the details and sign up at oliveandbliss.ca forward slash bootcamp or follow the link in my show notes to get all the details. I'm so excited about this and I can't wait to hang out with you. All right, on to the episode. Now I have a question for you. What comes to mind when you think about raising a healthy confidence eater? Do you picture a child who eats their daily recommended fruits and vegetable portions, perhaps a child who eats only healthy and good foods. I'm using those two in quotes because you know what I think about those. What about a child who is not fat or thin, perhaps one who doesn't eat sweets and treats or foods that come in a can or a box? Is it likely that you would call them a good or even a perfect eater? Would you say that a healthy, confident eater is all of the above? I don't know. Before we answer this, I want to paint the big picture of what a healthy relationship with food is so that you get to decide what you want for your family. On this podcast, I'm all about empowering you to make the choice that works for you and your family because that's really important to me. So, when it comes to raising healthy children, I subscribe to the notion of competent and normal eating, which is all about being comfortable. Positive, flexible with eating, and most importantly, trusting that your body knows exactly what it's doing with the food that you eat. Now, these notions are not really black or white, they're very gray, which allows you as a parent to create room for deciding what works for you and your unique circumstance or situation. So, in the grand scheme of things, do you want a compliant child who eats what you want when you want? And how much you want? Or do you want a child who is confident in navigating their own relationship with food and their bodies while receiving the support from you as a parent or the caregiver? That's the important question you need to ask yourself because that, whatever your response to that is, that's what's gonna drive the kind of eating environment that you create in your home. It's gonna drive how you choose to engage with your children. And interact with them when it comes to eating. So with that in mind, I have a question again. There's so many questions. Why do we see many parents, especially moms, struggle with feeding kids? I'll tell you why. It's pressure. It's the pressure to conform to diet culture standards that try to dictate what size our children should be, what kinds of foods to feed our children, when to do so, and in what amounts. But the problem with these standards, whether you realize it or not, put you in a place where you focus on your child's struggle with food rather than creating an environment that would help them to honor their own natural trajectory of growth. And you know what? This will look very different for every single child, even between children within the same household. Now, these standards are not attainable and they could also contribute to future disordered relationships with food and body, because when we're focused on the moment when the child is screaming no to food or choosing to eat foods that we consider unhealthy, chances are you will feel ashamed or guilty because your experience is not what the culture is saying is normal. And what do you do as a result of that? You try to fix it. And we try to fix it partly because we think we're doing it for the child's health. But I'm just going to call all of you out, myself included, and say that part of it is to protect ourselves, right? We want to be seen in a good light, whatever that means for you. So you might think you want to be seen as a good mom or the one mom who has healthy kids or you want to be seen as a good wife or a good partner. I know this because that that was me too. But I'm just giving you the permission today. To remind yourself that you are not a bad mom. You are not an unhealthy mom. You are not a terrible mom. You haven't failed or destroyed your child's life just because your child doesn't eat a certain way or look a certain way. So let that give you some relief today. Now I'm just going to say because there are people who will start thinking, well, what about health? I strongly believe that children need to eat nutritious foods and have structure for meals. But we need to check our motives, right? Because if our motives are wrong, we will break connection and trust with our kids and then unintentionally raise them to become victims of diet culture in the future. So with that being said, let's take a look and see what happens when you're struggling with guilt and shame when it comes to feeding your kids. Now think about your own relationship with food and your body. I can bet that if you're struggling, it has something to do with how you engaged with food as a child. So you may have had maybe not enough or too little food or too much food. You may have been called names like a picky eater. That was my story. You may have been force fed. You may have experienced scarcity or used food to cope with uncomfortable situations in your life. All of these childhood experiences have an impact on your relationship with food and your body as an adult, whether you recognize them or not. So I really want you to keep an open mind as we talk about this and see what you can do to support your child to be a confident, healthy eater. First of all, redefine what it means to be a healthy eater. My go-to resource for feeding kids is Ellen Satter, who is a family therapist that has worked with thousands of families and helped them to raise confidence, competent, and healthy eaters. I talk about this at length in some of my podcast episodes that talk about feeding kids, but I will include the links to her definition of competent and normal eating in the show notes. But as a summary, a healthy, competent eater is someone who enjoys trying different foods. They rely on their internal cues of hunger, fullness, satisfaction, these are people who can politely say no to foods they don't want to eat or eat a lot more than they want to when they really enjoy the food. They also feel very confident around eating, whether they like to eat what's available or not. So you can see this is not really black or white. <laughs> it's very gray. And I think that we need to really rethink how we approach healthy eating. Secondly, build trust with your child. So I talk about this in episode eight of the podcast, the one thing your child needs from you when it comes to eating. You can check that out. I'll include a link in the podcast episode. But trust that your child's body knows exactly what to do with the foods that they eat. And that includes sweets and treats, because I know this is a big thing for a lot of us moms. You can build trust by focusing on your role in the feeding relationship which again, it's all about deciding what you're going to feed your child and then creating a structure around mealtime. So you decide when you're going to eat and where you'll eat those meals. Doesn't have to be at the table. It can be anywhere you choose. Now, when you do this, your child feels free to do their own part, which is deciding whether or not they want to eat. Again, a sore topic for a lot of moms. They also get to decide how much they want to eat and their body just turns out the way it does based on their own biology. Now, if this sounds strange to you, that's okay because that's not what we're taught. But the thing is, when you and your child play your roles, there'll be no need for you to pressure them, no need for bribing, threatening, you know, bringing the iPad just so they could eat or forcing them to eat. Or even using things like, oh, I spent so much time preparing this food because that's a very common one that us moms do and that puts pressure on the child. If you stick to your role, you will encourage and support your child to do their own part. I've done this in my home. I have helped many moms do the same. So if you need help just to know where to start, reach out to me and let's see how I can support you. Again, we're focusing on the grand scheme of things rather than what the struggle is right now. We're focusing on solution, not the problem. So number 3, you want to focus on connection and pleasurable experiences around food. I know, very strange, but it works. Pleasure has been shown to help people feel satisfied and content. Because when they eat what they really want in an environment that's peaceful and inviting, they find that it just takes the right amount of food for them to decide they've had enough. Which, for the most part, is sometimes they can eat more, other times they can eat less. And I find it really interesting because (laughs) once my clients start to give themselves permission to eat their previously forbidden foods, and they focus not only on hunger cues, but also how the food gives them pleasure and satisfaction, they find that they eat way less of those previously forbidden foods. It's like, "Eh, I don't feel like eating that much anymore. And other times they eat more, but they're fine with it. And the same thing happens with their kids, which is always really funny because (laughs) they always have this surprise look like, I can't believe I've been struggling all this while if I had just done this. So again, it's about creating that safe space that will allow the child to feel supported enough to just show up as they are because that's what we want. We want connection. We want to support our kids. So the next thing you can do is to let go of unrealistic standards and expectations about what it means to raise a healthy eater. Just say no. No to your mom and her friends from church who think they know everything about feeding kids. No to your friend who keeps telling you how you should be feeding your child. And most importantly, no to diet culture messaging about what your child's body should look like and what they need to be eating. No to all of it. And please stop apologizing for your child's eating behavior. Whenever you apologize for the way your child eats, you're giving away your power as a mom to the other person. This is disempowering and ineffective. Plus, you feel like crap. And the worst thing is, if you're doing this in front of your child, think about the message that you're portraying to your child. Very important. I'll let you think about that and answer it for yourself because I've done my own (laughs) fair share of answering that question. Health is so much more than food, as my mentor always says. And a child who is compliant and disempowered when it comes to food and their body Trust me, they're certainly not thriving mentally or emotionally. And chances are, they might end up subscribing to diet culture messaging as adults. So the last thing I'm going to say is address your own relationship with food and your body. Now, the reason a lot of us seek help when it comes to healing our relationships with food and our body is because of our kids. And chances are that because of the way they eat, their eating behaviors... That tends to trigger a lot of our own struggles, whether it be with food or our bodies. And it brings it to a place where we're, we're thinking either, oh my goodness, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to destroy my child or we're just wondering what in the world is going on. So if anything I said today makes you feel anxious, uncomfortable, sad, even mad or any other kind of way, this is a good thing. It means that there's room for you to explore your own relationship with food and your body. So rather than ignore it, I'm inviting you to lean into that feeling and see what's going on. First, you can just think about what I've said. What is it that I've said that's causing you to feel the way you do? Then ask yourself where your own beliefs about health and what it means to feed your child came from, right? Is it because of the way you were brought up? Is it because of your own experience with diet culture? There's so many factors that can go into creating that feeling that you're having. So really lean into it and explore it. You can choose to keep believing those thoughts and having those beliefs or not. That's your choice. Like I said earlier on, this podcast is all about empowering you to know that you have a choice. Because sometimes a lot of us don't even know that we have choices. So here's your permission to lean into that and explore it further. If you need help to navigate this experience, I would love to support you with my free food freedom guide. It walks you through simple things that you can do now to help you start to gain food freedom. You can find it at oliveandbliss.ca forward slash food freedom. And don't forget to sign up for that bootcamp so that you can get support from me at a fraction of my coaching costs. So there you have it, my friend, five ways you can simplify meal times Let go of guilt and shame when it comes to feeding your child and feel confident doing this. I really want you to take this in and embody it because it'll make your life so much easier. Trust me. Now, I'd love to know your biggest takeaways, so please send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at Olive and Bliss Wellness. If you're looking for more support, check out my website, oliveandbliss.ca for all the details about how you can work with me. And lastly, please share this with your mom besties. Together, let's help other moms simplify mealtimes and just minimize or end mealtime anxieties. Thank you so much. I hope you have an awesome week ahead. And until next time, simplify your mealtimes and keep thriving.